Big Nick Energy. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today are the gentlemen from across the pond. More gentlemanly than us Americans, I'm sure of it. I mean, at least that's what they tell me in the movies. It's the one and only Aaron from Web Warrior Protocols. What's happening, bud? I do, I'm all right. Good, good. And the one and only John Harris. What's up? Not a great deal. Just getting ready to rock some MCP, talk some more MCP. I'm doing all right. Yourself? Nice. Oh, man. You know, I can't complain. I just had a kind of getaway weekend that was awesome. I got to go and, and do nerd stuff for like an entire weekend. It was wonderful. Drinking some beer, having a good time. I just, yeah, it was awesome. So I can't complain at all about that. So life is good. And uh, I'm also 2-0 and in the TTS League. So that's like something that I, I just, I can't believe, but also like I'm going to not shut up about just because it's cool and it's happened. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you both keep talking about it and hope that that loss doesn't appear because then you have to go quiet fairly quickly. So keep going while you're 2-0. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I am currently undefeated, and I'm just going to live that life while I am. And you know what? I get to live that life until this Sunday. We're doing our game late. And um, I'm going to talk more about this on the TTS Special Report later on. Well, actually, probably before this show releases. But whatever. And yeah, so the game is Sunday, and I'm going up against the guy that was runner-up last season. Okay, it's a um, uh, Mike Damboise. I don't want to mess up his Dam- Damboise. Uh, Damboise. It's like if I'm putting the sauce on it, it's going to be Damboise. But it's Lucky Wild, I think, is what his uh, name is on Discord. Either way, he's on the Strike Better podcast, so you know. If uh, anyone wants to tell me some tips about what he says about when he's going to play me, you know, I'm all ears. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, I saw that you guys have had an event recently. So, John, how was that experience for you? Start there. Uh, it was good. Um, we played at a local gaming center that isn't Boarding Brum, so we played down at Asgard. Um, I took all of the new X-Men along with some of the old X-Men to kind of try and work out what I could do with them. Um it was good. Some solid games. I went two and two. I feel I could have potentially gone three and one, but I just couldn't kill Iron Man, Hulk and Captain America on one side of the board together. Mm. It was just too much. Um, but it was solid. I think I've got a hang of some of the new characters. I think I've decided that Wolverine and Colossus together, even with Fastball Special, is amazing for casual games, but holds no real place competitively. <laughs> Um, which is not a surprise, but I thought it was worth a go, you know. Yeah, you got to um, try it. Yeah, that's it. So I had a while of a time, I'm not going to lie. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. You know, two and two is about where I live my life. You know what I mean? That's that's 50%. It works all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like to feel I got better. So I went zero and two and then won the last two. So once, I mean, 
I don't want to blame Wolverine, but he played in the first two games and then didn't feature again. So make of that what you will. Yeah, yeah. You're not saying that Wolverine was the reason, but you're also not not saying that either. So I like it. Yeah. I'm not going to say that when I replaced him with Rogue, things got better, but. Well, I mean, let, to, to be fair, to be fair, why weren't you playing Rogue the whole time? Come on. Uh, because I decided I wanted to try other things, and it turns out trying other things probably wasn't the right call. Yeah, well, you know, there's always another tournament around the corner, right? There is, and I'm going to turn up and probably try Wolverine again for at least one game. You can go and see it. There you go. There you go. I mean, look, you, you got to just get those reps in before we can decide whether or not that he's yeah, what he is. You know what I mean? There you go. I like it. I like it. Aaron, what about for you? How was it? Yes, it was a really good event. Um, it was Quite nice because the event I'd had the week before was a bit of a negative experience. So it was nice to have another event that was just all sound people and it, it, it was great. I managed to go 4 0 in the end, uh, a really close final against Quinn. We ended up playing 16 fret uh, research station with Riot Sparks and he took Hulk, Shilk, and uh, Steve Rogers. So that was a interesting list to play around. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, wh- what would you even do with that? Yeah, it, the answer is not a lot, to be honest. It's very hard <laughs> to deal with. Um, I went fully affiliated. I took five Web Warriors. So I took Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Moon Knight, and Venom. And luckily, I was able to take out Shilk around turn three. And credit to Quinn, he had some really unlucky rolls. Um, he did a turn with Hulk, followed by Follow Me into She-Hulk which we'd expect would kill everyone, and he actually only did a couple of damage across the board. Oh, wow. So that was a, a bit of a saving grace there. It was definitely one of the most difficult lists I've had to play just purely because it suited the scenario down to a T, having those three in a little huddle together, and there's not an awful lot you can do against it, really. Oh, yeah, it's it's hard to displace them. I mean, Web Warriors are maybe a little better at displacing them than some others, but still. Yeah, it, so, I mean, with the addition of Indomitable as well to rosters, it, it made it absolutely, it made it an absolute nightmare trying to deal with them. Oh, uh, yeah. Shield did her spender early on and gave Venom stun, which meant he had hardly any power throughout the game. So it sort of became a balancing game between balancing uh, Venom's actions and his power cost and sort of figuring out when would be the best time to lose the power that he did have available. Right. Uh, look on the turns when I did decide to go all out, it was the one where the points swung in my favour as I managed to pull them off of the objective. Um, so it, it was pretty cool. It was um, it was a great game. Quinn, honestly, absolute gent uh, for the game. And I've got to give credit to him for being super honest as well because in the middle of his, in the middle of one of my activations when I was uh, attacking his shield, he turned around and said, oh, I'd forgot to put the damage on for bleed. I was like, oh, okay. Um, he put that damage on and then Afterwards, that's what killed her because I'd, I'd have needed one more without the bleed. So, oh, wow. super credit to Quinn for being totally honest about that. Obviously, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you know that those are the kind of experiences that I like to have. You know, and those are those are like those moments where it's like you know it's it could cost you, but it you know everybody forgets stuff during games. Like that just that's just a reality, right? Like there's so much going on so much so often, and. You know, I know for me, I play enough varied stuff that it's like I can't remember what I'm doing half the time, let alone what my opponent needs to do half the time. And so being able to come back on that is really nice. Yeah, as I said, credit to Queen. It was a nice 
change to sort of the negative experience the week before, obviously. So it's just good to have these, uh, have so many regular events. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking of events, we have had a few of them since last we spoke because you gentlemen were with me when we talked about the Nick Fury reveal when it was finally revealed and all of his shield agents and all of that stuff. And while we still don't have the official rules for grunts, we do have more information about shield in general and we have been gifted with their tactics cards, which is what our main topic today is going to be about. And there's been a few little little hints here and there on stream about how these guys are going to function. I got a screenshot from a friend that said that the grunts are going to start on the table. So we still don't know 100% for sure, but apparently it was talked about in a stream. So in all of this context and all of this discussion, I think we should operate under the assumption that they do start on the table, even though, again, it's not a 100%. We've seen the rules text confirmed. Just something that was mentioned on a stream. Cool with that? Cool. So let's start by talking about the group photo that AMG put out there with the tagline of something about... the. the I don't even remember what the tagline is, but basically, shield people apparently, is is what they posted. And Aaron... Yeah, it's like shield assemble, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, shield assemble, exactly. So, Aaron, what are all these characters? Who all's in this photo? That And we can infer yeah. from this photo that these people are shield affiliated. So, as you said, assuming they're all shield affiliated, we have, um, starting off, obviously, we have Nick Fury, who is the only confirmed leader for them at this point. We don't know whether they'll have a second one in the future. Um, then we've got the two that everyone sort of knew were going to be in there, which is Hawkeye and Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so that's two free threats. Then another two free threats that they've got are Iron Man and War Machine. So that's some nice damage reduction in there, uh, some range damage that I'm sure they'll love. And then quite interestingly, the last pair of two threats that we have are both of the two uh, currently available Rogue Agents, which is Winter Soldier and Taskmaster. So it makes sense thematically for them to be shield affiliated, but it is quite interesting to see that they're going to be that they might potentially be in there as well as having the rogue agent special rule. It'll make it quite easy to do uh, some dual affiliations. And then the big hitter at the minute, as far as we know, for this uh, team is She-Hulk. So I think it's the, the uh, only affiliation that she's got outside of her own, as far as I'm aware. Other than maybe is she an Avenger? She's an Avenger. Yeah, so it's not the only one, but it's uh, the, the first one we've seen her featured in for quite a while. So it's going to be a very interesting lineup with so many good free threats. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this lineup right here. I think that it's kind of the known quantities that we kind of expected, right? Like Hawkeye, yeah. Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, that would have been hilarious, but, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, it would have been quite funny. It would have been funny. And then, like, War Machine, you know, those kind of things make sense. I think the spiciest introductions here, like you mentioned, are the two rogue agents of Winter Soldier and Taskmaster. And if we go back and talk about what Nick Fury's leadership is real quick, I think that this kind of really makes things interesting for the two of them and their leadership. I'm going to remind everyone out there, if you have fewer VPs than your opponent, the first time each round an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, after the effect is resolved, you score one VP. 
So it's kind of really good into those more attrition-focused teens, I think. Then you have, if you have an equal number or more VPs than your opponent, when an enemy character damages an allied character with an attack, the allied character may spend one power. If it does, after the attack is resolved, the allied character may make a short advance toward the attacking character. So I bring that up because Taskmaster is a character that I really like. However, he's kind of in this like weird spot of not really being able to do much unless he can get there. And I feel like he's a character that he doesn't have a ton of superpowers that he's going to spend his power on. He doesn't have a lot to do. But once he gets in there, the sword strike is really nice. You know, his shield throw is good, but it doesn't generate the power that you want. So, but his real, real benefit is that mnemonic technique where he can be at range to roll four dice, but he gets to add the physical defense. So if he's able to get there, be at that range, and then have his martial artist range, be able to get off a mnemonic technique into someone like a Venom who has a four. Venom's probably a bad example, but someone, an insert character, that has a four physical defense, that's eight dice. It's pretty good. Very spicy, and I think it's worth noting as well, the Counter-Strike on Taskmaster's card is different to all the other Counter-Strikes in the game because if you've already hit him that turn, it goes up to six dice. So being able to spend the one power to advance and then use a six-dice Counter-Strike ability is going to be definitely quite spicy. Exactly. John, what do you think about this? Is What character interests you the most out of this group? Um, ooh. I think Winter Soldier... And I know that's an odd one to say, and I know he's just had his card done, but he still feels a little bit odd in places. But I think he's got enough built-in tech with his rapid fire. He's at range five. He's kind of got his, when a character gets dazed, he can make a, not a free shot, but he gets to make kind of a free attack action for a small amount of power. I think when you couple that with Fury's leadership on potential dazes and short moves, he might be able to move himself somewhere even then take his free shot at somebody who was potentially out of range before. I think it's going to give him a nice little bit of counterplay somewhere where maybe he probably wouldn't see it otherwise. Yeah, and, and I think that that first part of Yuri's leadership where when an allied character is dazed and then you get that mm-hmm. VP, and then if you're able to have Bucky in range to shoot someone like yeah okay it's only four dice but like you said that rapid fire and then it got it has the bleed on it and and these little things i think add up to where you're gonna have i I don't want to say spammy style possibilities but little little things i think that are going to add up into a really interesting shield situation you know what i mean what what's quite interesting for me is um if you pull up one of the models from outside of affiliation, if you pull in Punisher, for example, um, when you have a model dies in that situation, you'll if you're behind on VPs, you'll score a VP. Punisher will get a punishment token and Bucky will be able yeah. to make a reactive attack. So it suddenly becomes very difficult for your opponent just because of the amount of resources that they're providing you with just by dazing one of your models. Right. And as far as we know... But the grunts are going to count towards these dazes. Yeah, at the minute, as far as we know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it change. However, uh, as you said, at the minute, as far as we know, they will count towards it. Exactly. And so, uh, again, we have to operate on what we know. And 
yeah, there is some unknown, but I mean, right now, the way this is worded, it says allied character. The grunts are, as far as we know, considered an allied character. So if you put those grunts out there into a vulnerable position and your opponent decides to take them out, well, it could benefit your team heavily. And if Bucky's ability can trigger off of that, and then, like you said, you've got the Punisher's ability, his punishment tokens that can trigger off of that, and then all of a sudden you're lining up some aimed shots with all these extra dice and stuff. I mean, that could get kind of nasty. Oh, definitely, because you, you place the grunt, pick up an objective, then that grunt gets dazed, you get to place the objective, you score a VP, you get to shoot with Bucky, and you get Punisher and tokens. There's lots of things piling up here. Right, and this is like what we talked about earlier. Things are going to be missed, so just you know, be patient if you're playing into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just it sounds crazy, and I'm really interested to see how kind of people come up with different things here with this leadership because I think that there's a lot of fun things we're going to talk about with the tactics cards in just a second. But like just these characters that we know right now, I think provide a lot of flexibility, and I've played a, a good bit of. Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I find her ability to get off the interrogate to be difficult at times. However, if you're able to kind of leverage yourself with being one victory point behind, the grunts get dazed, and then play Agent Widow, get her in a position to where she's going to score a VP on someone that was just dazed, I mean, that could be a, a pretty nice little swing in terms of the points and how everything could equal out that way. I think um, what's worth mentioning as well, whilst we're just on about the leadership, is just how fast She-Hulk becomes. Because <laughs> oh, if yeah. you shoot her and you're ahead or equal on points, yeah. not only does she get too aggressive, but then she spends power for another short move. So she gets two out-of-sequence short moves, which could be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrifying. I mean, if I'm thinking about that, right, that's basically a long move. Well, speaking yeah, of long moves, far, just, just leave that in your thoughts until we get a little bit later on with She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you want to talk about some crazy mo- movement. So, John, you just you just alluded to it. So let's go ahead now and talk about some of these tactics cards. And I'm going to go kind of in order that I saw them. They might not be the order they were released, but this is the order I saw them. So we're going to start with the ones that are more or less rehashes of old cards with some little extra spicy bits sprinkled on top. So I love just spicy bits, I think. Yeah, you know, little, little spicy bits here. So first up, we have Battlefield Medicine. And uh, you've probably heard something like this before. It is a shield-affiliated card. It is active. During a shield character's activation, it may spend two power to play this card. Now, that's an important part right there I want to touch on. During a shield character's activation. So it has to be played by a shield character. So if you're an out-of-affiliation character playing in the shield affiliation, not going to work. Asterix. You'll find out why that asterix later. Yep. <laughs> that definitely needed. <laughs> yeah. Remove up to three damage and one special condition from this character or an allied character without a daze token within range three of this character. This card may not be included in a roster or squad with the med pack team tactics card. So basically shield med pack. This is schmed pack. Yeah. Shield pack. Shield pack. I like it. I like it. So yeah. I mean, what do you guys think of this one? <laughs> 
I really like it. It's med pack, but better. I think the fact that you can heal the damage and potentially remove any special condition is super strong. You've got somebody who's just took some damage. They're looking like they're going to go down. They've got a stagger. And then somebody near them says, no, there's three damage off them. And that stagger's gone. You can go back to having your two actions. It seems super strong. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But if you play in shield, it's definitely a card that you would take. I don't see why you would ever take med pack instead. Right. I, I think... I think the only argument, which I don't think it's necessarily one that I would make, the only argument would be the flexibility if you're like kind of having a bunch of out-affiliated characters. But I think as we go through these cards, keep in mind those characters we mentioned. Plus also, you know, I think this is one of those where staying affiliated, kind of like how Convocation is and at least how I play them, staying as much affiliated as possible is going to be valuable. Yeah, and I think that's what they're after when you look at the suite of tactics cards we're going to talk about. A lot of them are bonuses for staying affiliated. Exactly. The affiliated characters we just spoke about is solid. And then as we get a little bit further on, it gives you a little bit more flexibility about what you could potentially do to keep others in there as well. So I think it's a really useful card. Exactly, exactly. Aaron, any additional thoughts on that? Yeah, so just for me, obviously... um... I won't be playing Shield anytime soon. So my, my main concern, though, is as somebody that's going to be playing against that, is is this card going to be on the restricted list then? Because otherwise, what you've essentially got is a, a, a Shield team that can take the two restricted cards and a better version of Med Pack in its place. Yeah. So I, I think the big question for me with a few of these cards is, is this the first time we're going to see cards released that just go straight onto the restricted list? So I think that brings up a really interesting question, and I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess the answer is no, because the restriction of being shield is in and of itself a restriction, kind of like how Doomed Prophecy, you know, is yeah. now specifically Asgard-affiliated. It's not yeah. nearly as potent as it once was when it was unaffiliated. So with this being... Shield affiliated can only be played by a shield character. I think it means that, yeah, you're going to see people with shield pack and then also field dressing and also brace for impact or insert other card. So, like, I think that that is definitely something you're going to see. Yeah, what I can potentially see happening is uh, you, you take your She Hulk and you go, cool, I'm going to field dressing her. Then I'm going to shield pack her, and then I'm going to patch up her. And you go, oh, okay. <laughs> that's 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 going to be pretty scary if it, if that's uh, something that they're able to do. Obviously, it is a huge commitment, though, from the tactics cards, as always. So it's weighing up whether it's actually something we'll see in a competitive environment or just in general, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah that, that's my only real thought on this card and a few other of the shield uh, upgraded ones. Yeah, so I, I think that... Um... It, it's, a, it's a fair concern. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that is something that is definitely, well, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you'll see it. I think to John's point, though, I think for me, the more interesting kind of aspect is like, maybe it's less competitive than what you were talking about, Aaron. And, and I think that's fair. But to me, it's really interesting when you've got like that character that's got that bleed on them and they've got four damage out of five. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, okay, if you med pack them, then they're going to heal anyways, but they're still going to take the bleed, so it's not quite as efficient. But now you're going to be able to heal and remove that bleed, and that's a real three damage you're removing right before they could activate. Which yeah, I, I, think really that, I think that's a great point to make because a lot of the time when using these cards, if you've got bleed, it is something you've got to weigh up because you're not really getting the full value out of it. So yeah, as you've said, it, you really, really get the worth out of it there. Exactly, exactly. And you know, so I, I really like that. I think that's a really nice little subtle thing that they did here. And, and it really, really is a nice card. So next card we have is called Hard Reset. It is a shield-affiliated card. It is reactive. When an allied shield character is attacking or defending before the calculate success or failure step of the attack. So they even put this in here in parentheses, which I really like this. It is at the end of the modified dice step. It may spend three power to play this card. The attacking and defending characters re-roll all of their attack and defense dice, including failure results. This card may not be included in a roster or squad with the recalibration matrix teams tactics card. Aaron, what do you think about this one? First of all, because there's that many cards, I'm struggling to remember the names of them. This one is just going to be Shield Matrix, uh, for, <laughs> for my point of reference. So I, I think it's a pretty solid card. Um, it's it's different to regular recal, I think, isn't it? Because I don't think regular recal lets you reroll skulls yep. as far as I'm aware. It's the failures. That's the difference. Yeah. So it, it's definitely quite interesting. But um, what you have to weigh up is when defending it might not be worth playing as much because you're giving it... You, generally, if, if you're being attacked, your opponent has a larger dice ball. So allowing them to re-roll failures could actually work out worse for you. But overall, it's, it's going to be a really useful card. I'm not sure how much play you'll see over some of the other ones that they've got available to them. Dude, yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And, John, i got to ask you. Did, when Recalibration Matrix first came out, I know a lot of people were using it, and it was really nice, like, if you're opponents spiked on offense to like oh wait hang on you're not dazing this character yet let's re-roll that see what happens but one of the nice things about it for me was those skull results like if my opponent did roll a ton of skulls okay well yeah we're going to re-roll this real quick and you're not going to get to re-roll those so re-rolling the failure results could like be both a blessing and a curse here and john did you ever have this like save you in a situation before I've never used Recalibration Matrix on defense. It's one of those cards that I took initially when it came out, mainly for when I was making offensive rolls and I needed one or two damage to day somebody mm-hmm. and absolutely blanked out. Um, but I never really used it while I was rolling a lower number of defensive dice. It came out of my list really quickly because I didn't find a great deal of value in Recalibration Matrix. And I look at this one and kind of feel the same. I think it's got some use, but I think the fact that you also have to re-roll skulls gives everybody more chance for success. So it gives your opponent more chance for successes because they're re-rolling failures and could potentially get something else. Yeah. Um, I like it. I just don't know if I would personally take it. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's okay. I, I think that... Like every tactics card in the game, there's going to be use cases for it. And I think re- this shield matrix is 
perfectly reasonable card to have for fun and fluff stuff, but in a competitive sense, it might not be for you. Yeah, and I think I think that's where I sit on it. I look at it and I go, I could see it seeing the tabletop, but I don't think I'd take it myself. Exactly. And then next card we have here is Sit Rep, and it is a shield affiliated card. It is active. During a shield character's activation, it may pay one power, spend one power. Let me get these wordings right. Choose another allied character within range three of the character that played this card. The chosen character may advance short. This card may not be included in a roster or squad with the tactical analysis team tactics card. And this one I kind of like. Probably of all of them, it is like, you know, Battlefield Medicine or Shield Pack is probably the best of these three. But I like this one a lot because Tactical Analysis is a card I've kind of come back to a little bit more recently of like, maybe I don't include it in every kind of roster that I play. Like if I'm playing Web Warriors, I probably don't need it. But other kind of rosters, like being able to give someone an out-of-activation short advance is very nice sometimes. And it's cheaper than like a climbing gear, but the flexibility that climbing gear gives you is that you can do it on your turn like you can start your turn with that short advance of climbing gear however if you're able to kind of project out and set things up a little bit more and maybe get a character that's a little more defensive or that has some kind of you know defensive tech or just in general a safer character being able to give them tactical analysis or in this case sit rep could be good and here's the spicy part about this one remember what i said about agent of widow setting up agent of widow <laughs> let's stick with it let's go with agent yes. of widow i like it yes. agent of widow nice. there you go so remember what i said about the agent of widow shield related lady she uh can get to that interrogate so if you're in a relative position of safety with her maybe you're getting down to like you've got one activation left it's only one power cost to then move her into position to interrogate someone and that's a vp point swing right there and I really like that kind of thing with a card like this. Yeah, so. I think that's probably where it's going to see the most play. I think it's a great card. I do. Um, as a Cyclops player, I look at this and go, why is it one power? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm spending three for field leader, and I know I get range four, not range three, but I don't think that's worth the extra two power. Um, I do think it's a great card. I think, as you've said, setting up Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. for that interrogation with this is amazing. It's a great use of one power to get it onto somebody that you've potentially dazed a little bit earlier on in the round. Um, I see it making a fair chunk of shield lists. Yeah, I certainly see that as a as a candidate for inclusion. And Aaron, what about you? So I think what will be quite interesting with this card is um, some of the plays it allows you to make with some out-of-affiliation characters. Just thinking about um, one of the most recent releases that we've had over here is X-23 and Honey Badger. And I don't know if you know, but Honey Badger is like a walking incinerate area of effect. So she essentially uh, reduces defend, reduces enemy dice's defense dice by one when she's within range one of them when any friendly model attacks other than herself. Mm-hmm. So what could be pretty brutal would be uh, setting up, say you've got your Winter Soldier in affiliation, and you go, yeah, so I'm just going to tactical analysis uh, Honey Badger, so she's now within range one of you. So you're now rolling one less dice against my four rapid-fire attacks uh, each time. Yeah, that sounds nasty. 
So I, I can definitely see that being very brutal. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's definitely got some players. You said it's 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 similar to climbing gear in, in the purpose that it serves. I don't. It doesn't give you war crawl or flight though, so it is only an advance and not a climb uh, from this one. But for one power as well, the fact that it's so cheap, the fact that you could the the sort of versatility that versatility that that gives you to either play at the end of the round or play it first thing during activation because everyone always has that one power at the start of the turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, bar poison people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. I I think that it's a really interesting and flexible card that you're gonna have reasons to keep it if not in your squad at least in your ten. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So now, like I said, I said I was going to go over these in the order they were presented to me. I'm, I'm going to skip one because I want to save you... it for the last one. And you guys know which one I'm talking about. Oh, we do indeed. So, yeah. Because it's just so much more fun to save the this to the last. So we're going to skip that one and we're going to go now to Eye in the Sky. It is an unaffiliated reactive card. And these next few, this one and the next two after this, Nick Fury specialties right here. So Eye in the Sky, unaffiliated, reactive. When an allied character is targeted by an attack, Nick Fury may spend three power to play this card. It's important to note here. It's just when an allied character is targeted, Nick Fury gets to spend the power no range just it's it's these little things you got to pick up on for these cards here that are in the sky ain't it it's uh right up there looking down across the entire battlefield there's no range restrictions here exactly the targeted character makes a short advance if at the end of the advance the character is outside of the attack's range or line of sight the attack ends if it is the attacker's activation and the attack did not target multiple characters, the attacker may make another action. So, Trickster. We've seen Trickster on Loki. We've seen the Can't Catch Me. Or what? what is, isn't that the name of the card? Or Can't the, Catch Me is Quicksilver's version of Trickster. Right. So, so we've seen this text before. Same thing with yeah. Lifesaver. Very similar to Lifesaver. And... Before I read the last paragraph of this, I want to ask you something, Aaron. So you've been a Web Warriors player for a while, and you've used Lifesaver both offensively and defensively in some interesting situations from what we've talked about before. But what happens on a charge when this is done? So when an enemy character charges and they declare their attack, if it is attacking... In, if it's attacking one model and that model is subsequently pulled out of the way due to lifesaver or trickster, um, due to the way the text is worded, the model gets an action back if it isn't attacking another model. So what actually happens is the enemy character gets the charge that they already have, uh, the move as such, and then gets uh, action refunded. So they end up with an additional action, basically. Exactly. So just keep that in mind when you're playing your games. It's the only reason why I bring that up is because it functionally can give a character three actions in a turn. Yeah. So just just keep that in mind when you're using this card. So Definitely worth la- keeping note because characters like Rogue, uh, who we've seen a lot of recently with Charge, uh, as you say, Will, if she charges her first activation and then you use this reactively to move out the way. All you've done is essentially given her the free move because then she can just move again and attack you anyway. 
Exactly. Yes, she's sort of lost out on double tapping you, but then she's also covered a lot of ground in that one turn. And that's the thing. For for me, that's when it's been most useful is to kind of bait my opponent into using it on that first attack, and then that yep. way I get that extra distance out of it. So Zemo is my favorite character to bait people with that kind of thing on. But again, you're going to see it more, I think, with S.H.I.E.L.D. with this card than you do maybe with normal play because with Loki is kind of is you know you don't see Loki on the tabletop as much anymore Quicksilver you see sometimes but you know what I'm saying yeah so anyways final paragraph on this card which is very interesting here if your squad is using the shield affiliation return this card to your available team tactics cards during the cleanup phase this card may be played again this game hashtag get it Every time, yep, I love it, John. What, what do you what do you think about this card overall, and especially that last line? I think the card overall is solid. I don't think anybody would complain at a lifesaver trickster catch me if you can built into a card for their affiliation. Yes, it's linked to Nick Fury, but Nick Fury's going anyway if you're playing Shield because he's your affiliation leader. So the fact that you get an opportunity to do something like this, I think is superb. And then you add in the wonderful caveat that you can almost do it every turn if you've got the power on Nick Fury because the card recycles and it just becomes amazing. Exactly. And to be fair, as we talked about before, and if you're interested, go back and check that episode out, but I'll just cover it right here. Nick Fury's going to have power for days. Oh yeah. I don't think he's going to struggle to play this each turn at all. Um, Unless you can get some kind of weird, crazy stun on him that he's not going to find some way to shake or shield pack it off. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be going, where are you? On the other side of the board. That's okay. Just move short and yeah. avoid it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm super amounts of here for this. Aaron, how do you feel about that last line? Like, we kind of talked about what we thought about the actual thing there, but but being able to get it back during the cleanup phase, just straight up. I think it's extremely strong. Um just because it's such a versatile card, because it's not like a uh, lifesaver where it's going to be towards X point. Or in the sky, lets you advance in any direction. So going back to what you were briefly on about with Taskmaster, you could use this to actually go, you know what? I'm going to move in closer to you because then I'll get my bonuses to defense. I'll get my, uh, my big counter strike. Mm-hmm. You can use it to move away from somebody. Um, and I think what's going to be really strange and janky is moving with this and staying within attack range to then also trigger the leadership to make another small move just because it's going to give you a lot of out of activation uh, movement shenanigans so i think it's very very strong um not sure i'm a fan of having it come back every turn i'm not sure how strong that will be just because as we said nick isn't going to struggle for power so i mean the only other example we've really got of this is magnet refraction with magneto another model who does not struggle for power Mm-hmm. And that card, paired with Magneto, is very strong, as we've seen. So it's going to add an interesting mechanic to the game. Absolutely. And I think, well, if we just drop another asterisk here um, for later on, it's going to have some interesting combinations. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the final question about this card, because this this isn't the most interesting card we have here, but I do think it's worth asking this question. So Nick Fury out of the S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliation. Is this card worth keeping in your 10 if you've at least got Nick Fury? I think if you've got Nick on your team, then it's definitely worth having it 
because it, uh, I, I don't believe it refreshes without being affiliated, though, does it? Correct. That and that's why I bring this question up: is it won't refresh? You won't get it back, cycle it back constantly. However, it's still a nice enough effect that I think it might have value. Just stapled to Nick Fury, kind of like magnetic refraction, is technically an unaffiliated card, but the caveat of getting it back every turn is playing the Brotherhood affiliation. I think it's going to depend a lot on whether Nick Fury ends up affiliated anywhere else. Yeah. Because I think it comes down to, is Nick Fury a great fourth threat with his shield agents to go into other affiliations on his own if he doesn't count as an affiliated character? And I think that's a discussion for thought because I'm not convinced he is when you look at Shadowlands Daredevil, who you could potentially take instead. Um, so I think it does come down to, is he affiliated in Avengers or does he get affiliated somewhere else where we can count towards it and then you staple the card on him yeah. and you take him anyway. Yeah. My only uh, other thought as well is, it's it's been a long time since I've seen this one played, but... Um, I think Escort to Safety has a very similar effect, and that is unaffiliated and isn't tied to any character as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure how similar it is. It's just vaguely at the back of my mind something saying that, that it, it gives you a similar sort of uh, reactive card. Right, yeah. No, it is basically the same thing, which is funny because it came from the core set, and it, it is the same wording, same except it's within range three. Whereas this oh, one gives you unlimited range. Okay, yeah. So so there are some pros and some cons to taking the Nick Fury-specific one. But right. like John said, I think it does ultimately come down to, are you taking Nick there in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So the next one we're going to talk about is Life Model Decoy. So it is a shield-affiliated card, and it is active. And we've seen this one kind of before, too. Let's see if you guys remember. Yeah. We've seen this one with Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember what it's called. Vapors of Valtor, I think. Way to, way to just jump the gun, boys. I love it. I Sorry. Just, I'm just... <laughs> if we could remember. I thought you were asking. I thought you were asking us. I was like, <laughs> you assume we don't know this? <laughs> <laughs> I did not assume that you didn't know this, but that's why it's, that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> it wouldn't be House Party Protocol if we weren't just breaking all the rules over here. So, Indeed. Nick Fury may spend three power to play this card. Nick Fury gains three LMD tokens. I like how they put LMD because Life Model Decoy was just too much text in an already wordy yep. card. <laughs> so, Nick Fury gains three LMD tokens. Each time Nick Fury is targeted by an attack, shuffle the tokens and reveal one at random. If the token has an LMD on the back, you may re-roll any number of the attacker's dice. If it has Nick Fury on the back, the attack continues as normal. At the end of the round, remove all LMD tokens from the character. I I think this is a fun thing that you might see sometimes, but in terms of, you know, casually, I, I want this every time I play Nick Fury just because it's fun. You know what I mean? Like in a casual sense, like if I'm playing an ultimate encounter or something, this seems super cool. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. I think it's going to be something I take because I think it's entertaining. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to change LMD to LSD. Yeah. And we can start saying whether you can really see Nick Fury anyway. Um, 
I'm intrigued by whether it just says LND on the back or whether it legitimately has a picture of a robotic-faced Nick Fury. Oh, um, oh it, it better have well, the actual that, picture. <laughs> that's my take. But those are my most intriguing points about the card. While I think it's good, I don't know if I would staple it to Nick Fury every time because when you look at, okay, there's a two in three. I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to sort it out. Will there be two LNDs and one Nick Fury? Will it be two Nick Furies and one LMD? I'm assuming two LMDs and one Fury. That's what I would think too. Yeah, but I mean, if you could spend three power on that or you could spend three power on the card we just spoke about to move yourself away, I'm 100% spending on the previous card. Absolutely. Aaron, thoughts? So I'm going to go ahead and say that this card channels big Nick energy. <laughs> so it's it's great if you've got Nick. Um it's, it's going to be pretty cool with him. It's going to be quite fun. I think if this had been a card that could be played on a shield model, yes. then you'd have seen this stapled into your roster, just again, because of some of the uh, the damage reduction and uh, models like She-Hulk that you already have in the team would really love this. But for now, it is just big, big Nick energy. Um, I, I don't think you'll see it competitively, but definitely in some casual games, it could be a fun game to play. Uh, find find Nick amongst the dummies with uh, the LMD. Exactly, yeah, and and it is fun. At the end of the day, this kind of thing is fun and flavorful, you know. And it's like right. we said earlier, not everything has to be stapled to your competitive roster. Exactly, and I think the the great thing about Marvel as well is that even some of the more competitive choices, again, such as maybe Eye in the Sky, are also very thematic and they make sense to the characters that they come along with. Exactly, so. Next up, we have Reposition. It is an unaffiliated active card. Nick Fury may spend two power to play this card. If an allied shield agent's character is on the battlefield, place an allied Nick Fury within range one of the allied shield agent's character. Now, this is why I said that we're operating with the caveat that they start on the battlefield again because it was mentioned on a stream somewhere. If they don't start on the battlefield, this is a little less interesting in terms of what I'm going to discuss in a minute, but still interesting nevertheless. Oh, I, I think it, this is real big Nick energy, this one. I, I really like this one. Oh, yeah. This this is big Nick swinging all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, all right, Aaron, I want to start with you. What is so amazing about reposition and again let's let's talk about the fact that these guys start on the board but even if they don't why is it so awesome so uh just briefly as you said because they start on the board it lets you do some huge reposition if you want to turn one um but what i'm really expecting to see quite a bit of is during nick's turn he's going to use his power to place a fresh set of agents within three and then use reposition to place within one of them because it's essentially placing him within four of where he was to begin with, and there's no restrictions to if he's holding anything. So it's a big Nick energy right there, big place, big movement for him. Um, again, uh, we're seeing quite a consistent pattern of lots of different movement shenanigans with all these tactics cards. Exactly, and uh, it is worth noting his call in the cavalry superpower will cost you two power. So you do have to have quite a bit of power on Nick to pull off that combo, but I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibilities. Again, we've talked about it before about how we think Nick will generally have power. The see what 
sorry to cut you off, Carol. Oh, you're good. Um, the interesting thing about this also is it doesn't have to be on Nick Fury's turn. Yep. Which is really interesting. So, like, that's the thing. Like, you don't even have to have, like, it doesn't say during Nick Fury's activation. It is just a, hey, when you have that window to activate tactics cards, Nick Fury can do this. Why is that important? That's important because, oh, I'm towards the end of the round. There's only one or two activations left. Or as a the opponent, maybe my shield opponent is out of activations and I have one or two activations left. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to start thinking. All right, I'm going to get this point. I'm going to get that point. I'm going to get this point. Okay, all right. Okay, boom. This is how many points I'm going to score. Boom. Nick Fury all of a sudden has repositioned himself to score points or at the very least negate points. Yeah. It's 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 huge. I mean, it's going to it's going to essentially let you bluff Nick's position in a sense because if you've got the grunt and you start playing gamma wise, well you can just leave the grunt on your home point. And uh, if they decide to run up and and uh, devote a model to score in your home point, you just go cool. Nick's here. <laughs> Hello. And <laughs> Nick's now negating it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, John, what do you think about this? Because I've got I've got a little bit of a it's I don't want to it's kind of secret because I've seen it talked about out there on the interwebs, but I got a little bit of spicy situations to uh, you know put some sprinkles on this. But what do you think, John? I'm intrigued by those spicy situations. Um, I think it's an exceptionally strong card. I think it gives Nick lots of play. I think it gives him lots of shenanigans. Um, as I said, I think I would use it to kind of mess around with where am I going to go with Nick if I leave the grunts until my last activation. If they're obviously still alive and somebody hasn't decided to wipe them out and give me some other kind of affiliation advantage, I think I would 100% leave them for last. Um I found that that is exceptionally useful recently with magic and her ability to teleport herself up to X for power. I've just had a sit in the middle with three or four power and people are like, well, I can't come off that end point because she can get there and I can't come off that side point because she'll go and take that. And I think you're going to find very similar things with Nick when he's got his grunts and that card. And I think it's going to give you a lot of options. It's going to give you a lot of choice and it's going to cause a bit of a headache for your opponent until you've played it. Exactly. And it somewhat gives a target to the shield agents at that point. So like in a recent match I had where it was Green Goblin and Doc Ock and I was worried about well-laid plans. Well, how do you deal with that? You eliminate one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you see your opponent has reposition in their deck, in their available team tactics cards, well, now all of a sudden eliminating the grunts each round becomes something to really think about. Now, you know, I'm don't know how these guys are going to play on the battlefield yet. Like, I, I don't have any like super secret, spicy, awesome, fun tech for how to deal with grunts. I think that there's an argument to be made for eliminate them immediately, and there's also an argument to be made for that their power batteries to just feed power to the other team. But there's also an argument for leave them alone, don't mess with them because they don't do much. So, I think it's we don't really know until I've gotten those games in just yet. So, with that being said, though, I think a card like this really is like, if you're worried about where Nick Fury might materialize, well, you might want to deal with them. And I think that that's just at least interesting, and it gives you a reason to interact with the grunts when you might not have wanted to. So, that's that I think is interesting. However, here is the sauce. And you play Nick, 
out of affiliation, there's probably maybe two affiliations where he could do this. So you play Nick out of affiliation. Let's use Inhumans as an example. Okay? So in humans, you can play herbs. You can send Nick across to get your herb. And then you have his little agent guys hanging out by the vessel. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> and guess what you just scored turn one? Herb I mean, score. I'm going to throw out another asterisk for what turn one scores on herbs with uh, this affiliation because that's definitely something we need to talk about as well. Exactly. So that 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 is – I think you can do that same thing in Brotherhood. It's just less reliable because – Using an action to teleport lockjaw, use lockjaw to teleport Nick Fury up is valuable there in Inhumans. And look, it's it's a lot of power investment for something simple and for something that you're likely only going to pull thirty percent of your matches if you're playing in a competitive environment. But yep. but let me tell you, when it hits, it's gonna hit. Yeah, so, nobody's gonna like being on the other side of the table from a turn one herb score because it's just. An absolute nightmare to try and come back from points wise. Exactly. So, so just, just stick that in your in your cap. And uh, to be fair, I'm going to give credit where it is due. I did not come up with this. Uh, the one, the one that sent it to me, which I don't know if he came up with it either. But it's Nate, for our friend over there at the Gamers Guild. He was like, "Hey, but have you thought about this?" And I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Like it's, yeah. and and look, there's again, like I said, there's there's a lot of restrictions, a lot of caveats, a lot of things. That have to go right to make all of this happen, and a lot of power that's needed for certain things. But like, it, it, it's there. It's it's within reach. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think that breaks it. I don't think that that makes that that they're gonna immediately issue an errata. I think if they're worried about that, then you could see because we've seen it before where things get released and then they immediately are like, oh yeah, we forgot this clause or something. Yeah, so, I feel like we might see a clause regarding whether Nick is holding an objective token for this one, just because th- th- there's going to be some bonkers situations where if if Nick comes back with a bunch of power, for example, um, at the start of his activation, he can go, cool, I'm going to place my grunt within three. Then he moves twice to pick something up and then goes, cool, now I'm teleporting back to where I originally placed the grunt. The amount of distance you could potentially get off that is like, off the board it's crazy exactly so so i definitely could see a drops all objectives situation for this card but we still don't know so we'll just have to wait and see yeah so next up we have some more fun cards here helicarrier strike so this has an attack on the top i'll read that after i talk about the text on the card mainly here so it is a shield affiliated card it is active During its activation, an allied shield character may spend three power to play this card. This character may use the attack listed above once it's activation. We've seen these kind of cards before. This one seems fun. So it is Helicarrier Strike. It is range five, strength six, physical attack. So you're going to be rolling six physical dice here. This attack ignores line of sight, and the defending character does not benefit from cover. Before choosing a target... This character chooses whether this attack's type is physical or energy. So it's not really physical attack. It's a physical or energy attack. Bye-bye, Venom. So it also has a wild effect here. Scorched Earth. After this attack is resolved, 
other enemy characters within range 2 of the target character suffer 1 damage. If the attack type was physical, the target character and other enemy characters within range 2 of the target character gain the bleed special condition. If the attack type was energy, the target character and other enemy characters within range 2 of the target character gain the incinerate special condition. So all of that to say, you blast someone from range 5 away, it's only strength 6, so think of it like illicit tech on crossbones. If you roll a wild though, that enemy and everyone within two of them is all of a sudden incinerated or bleeding. I think that's fun. I think that's fun. I think on clumpy scenarios, this is going to be real nice. I really like it. Um, I've also noticed it doesn't state like some of the other attacks on tactics cards that you can't add dice to it in any other way apart from through crits. Exactly. So there's nothing to stop Iron Man, who is affiliated, potentially fight AI in this and getting it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not convinced, looking at the card, I know they've put that nice little physical punch at the top. I'm not convinced if you've got characters clustered together, I would ever pick a physical type over the energy type. Yeah. As much as bleed is great, if I'm still going to continue to attack the characters I'm looking to put some damage into, I am going to go for an incinerate all day long. Yeah, I'd say that uh, we're at like a 98.7% that I'm going to choose energy. <laughs> what about what you, Aaron? Is the, uh, the horrendous double tap from Iron Man, where you have Iron Man activate and go, cool, first thing I'm going to do is do a Friday AI helicarrier strike and set everyone on fire. Then I'm going to do a Helios laser bombardment and just pick one model on the other side of the board to absolutely die this turn because that's what's going to be happening with that combination of cards um it's two character cards but that's a short as hell way to put down a hulk oh yeah no someone's dying a very very fiery death from that combination but i i think this is just interesting way for like you know if if you're playing on a gamma you're playing on intrusions you're playing on research station oh my god like (laughs) Dude, I am super here for it. And then, you know, you mentioned how this card doesn't have that sweet line of text that says you can't add dice to it from stuff. So what if what if you're like Thanos is sitting there and he just throws a death decree onto this? Yeah. I mean we'll put another asterisk. I wonder if we'll ever see Thanos joining the shield. No, no, um, de- definitely not. Definitely not. There's not a reason why I mentioned that name at all. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no reason at all to assume that he might just uh, happen to show up. I think that's that's definitely something spicy. And yeah. um, what what's pretty cool um, is it'll allow you to have an objective runner, like, say, Toad or Black Cat or Black Widow, who normally wouldn't be doing much... Um, Oh, sorry, an affiliated objective runner, obviously, like Black Widow or somebody who normally wouldn't be putting out much hurt, just suddenly go, you know what, this turn, this turn I'll choose violence and go, <laughs> I'm going to use one of my actions and just hit someone with a strike from the sky. And <laughs> It's pretty brutal. Right, and it's only three powers, so like a Black Widow, the core, you know, two-threat Black Widow, reasonably assume that she might have that kind of power just laying around. Yeah, Mom. Uh, definitely with a rapid fire and power gain, she, she should be able to do this most of the time. Exactly. So, I uh, I'm 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 very interested for this. So next up, we have defensive prototype. It is a shield affiliated card. It is active. 
two yep. shield characters may both spend one power to play this card. While these characters are within range three of each other this round, <laughs> they cannot be pushed, thrown, or placed by enemy effects, and advancing enemy characters cannot place a movement tool that would overlap either allied character or a straight line drawn between them unless the enemy characters are climbing, which means they move short. Characters cannot draw a line of sight through these characters or through a straight line drawn between them this round. So, we've seen this before as well in the form of web barrier. However, I think here it is much better. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to have a lot more use in um, this affiliation, I think. Just because, it, um, although, again, it is a carbon copy of Web Barrier as far as I'm aware. Um, it is. So, some of the interactions with the models is just going to be a little bit better just because you can sort of make a firing line hidden behind your two players that play your shield barrier. So if you've got Iron Man sat on your back point next to Hawkeye, and then you position, you know, a, a tank like She-Hulk and Taskmaster in front of them, throw up the shield barrier, and then suddenly, you know, y- your opponent can't reach those two at the back that are just, you know, letting loose with repulsor blasts and volleys of arrows. Right, and and that's why I think that this is really interesting, is that you're able to potentially, and again, there are some asterisks for who can play this, it's only one power each, so if you put some tanky people up at the front of a line, and now all of a sudden you've got a Hawkeye and a Iron Man, like you said, or any other myriad number of characters. But not only that, but the two characters that are using this are now all of a sudden, they cannot be pushed, thrown, or placed. So me, as someone who's been playing a ridiculous amount of Convocation lately, that turns off my Doctor Strange that I want to be doing that all the time with. And then Web Warriors can't be pushed or placed. So if you park them near an objective... I mean, this is this is pretty interesting, I think, in this situation. And why it's different here versus Web Warriors is because with Web Warriors, they don't want to have to not... They, they want to be mobile. They don't want to be stuck. Whereas with this, I think you can reasonably say that there are characters that can be stuck and it's okay. Yep. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having uh, Taskmaster sat on a point, not moving, because he's got a shield throw and anyone that's coming up to him and attacking him, they're going to have a hard time shifting him off the point anyway. So he's perfectly happy and comfortable to be sat on that point. And uh, yeah, again, I think the out-of-action movement that the team has access to will be really useful for repositioning this barrier after you've already played the card. Exactly. Exactly. So, John, what do you think about this one? I really like this card. I really like Web Barrier. I've played it a couple of times. I've had some success with it. I've had complete failures and not been able to get it to work. Um, but I think with Shield, it's solid. It's cheap. There's two characters within a decent range because they're within range three of each other. They don't need to be too close. Uh, I think it gives them some nice options. I think if you look at setting it up in the right kind of spot, it could be horrific on Research Station. Oh, You Lord. get two characters out there turn one and go, well, now you can't pass us, so you can't get within range of the Researcher. Good luck with that, unless you're coming around the sides. I think more importantly, and we're both stood on the Researcher, <laughs> yeah, you and can't, you can't move, move us. us. There, there are some real things that I think it's going to allow them to do, and I think it's going to be really nice to see what people come up with. it. And that's kind of where I'm most intrigued with this one, is yes, it's good, yes, it's strong, 
what are other players going to work yeah. out to do with it that I look at and go, that's ingenious. Exactly. Yeah, I think that the the book has not been written, so to speak, yet. And all of this stuff, I mean, like it's just released. So we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen, but at least from just reading it, it seems yeah. really cool. So next up, and this one, this one is, remember this one, the Shield Mobile. <laughs> You're not gonna forget this one. <laughs> You're not gonna, but I'm just saying it's gonna it's gonna have implications for the last card we reveal here. And I say Indeed. reveal, like if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've already seen this, but I hope you're entertained by the way we do this. <laughs> yeah, making out like nobody knows what the final card is. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I have super secret information. You're never gonna believe it. So we definitely got advanced previews though, right? Nobody has seen these. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely only us, isn't it? Right. Definitely <laughs> only us, yeah. So the shield mobile here. Shield affiliated card, it is active. An allied shield character may spend three power to play this card. This character gains flight this round. It immediately advances long. <laughs> God, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to replace the title of this card with Vroom, because that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn on the jets for real. Yeah, man. I'm really hoping we get Coulson and we can just rename this Lola. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what the Shield Mobile is. I mean, three power to get flight and move long is just dumb stupid. But it's dumb stupid in the most fun way. And I think what's even more bonkers is... I'm not sure which Discord it was on, and but somebody was saying, oh, this is just a slightly better version of Extreme Conditioning or whatever the card is that makes your next advance long. Yeah, no. And I just pointed out that, uh, no, this is a free long <laughs> move. Like, you're doing a long move followed by two actions of whatever the hell you like. <laughs> like this is crazy. Exactly. Like, it is Extreme Conditioning with perks. This is a real big Nick energy, as we've said already. This yes. Just crazy. That's the name of this podcast episode, by the way, just so you know. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, so with this card here, there is all kinds of crazy implications, and there are so many possible insanity things that we it's, couldn't it's possibly cover, but... John, what's one of your favorite, like, oh my God, scenarios for Shield Mobile here? Honestly, I keep looking at it and I keep thinking, I love She Hulk. I love getting She Hulk into somebody's face. And I love She Hulk punching things and just annihilating them. Players know that's what She Hulk's going to do. They try and hide behind some big terrain so as it takes her a little while to get there. With this, She Hulk just says, well, I'm affiliated. I'm spending three power. I'm flying over that size five terrain <laughs> for some reason. And I'm going to land right next to you with my free large move. And I've still got two attacks. I've still got my superpowers where I can throw stuff around. You are practically dying because I would like you to. That's <laughs> pretty wonderful. Uh, Aaron, what about for you? I mean, the, there's so many different combinations when we take it to context on next card. But within what we are assuming is our affiliated characters for me it's sort of the scene from uh avengers age of ultron where hawkeye grappling hooks onto one of the the flying robots it might not be age of ultron it might be um the the other avengers movie basically grappling hooks on and goes for a rod jumps off and then just starts shooting people it's like 
how did he get from there to there? And now he's just shooting everyone in. So uh-huh. you can be bonkers. <laughs> but yeah. There's nowhere safe on the board. Nowhere safe. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he goes shield mobile, <laughs> move long. Then he places within three, and then he's got uh, range five on top of that. It's like, oh my god, Hawkeye is hunting everyone. <laughs> yes, someone is dying in that scenario. It sounds awesome yeah. and awful all at the same time. I yeah. mean, another one is, oh, what, what's that? You think you're safe from my Helios laser all the way over there? Well, now <laughs> Iron Man stood next year. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that'd be so bad. Or just, yeah, just there's so many bad things that can happen from this. And, you know, we talked about one card that's got a chance for an errata. I think this is one that is going to be errata quick. Oh, it's stupid. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So um, the turn one plays are just horrendous. It's just crazy. Right. So we're going to talk about that in just a second. I do have one yeah. thing I need to say, though, and I need to say this. So when we get Fantastic Four, if the Fantastic Car card is not exactly like this, I'm going to be pissed. Well, we don't have a Spider-Mobile, so I mean, I mean, you never know. Look, a Spider-Mobile would be cool. To be fair. <laughs> just saying, after seeing this one, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, says everyone that plays Web Warriors exactly. But look, the Spider-Mobile is not as intrinsically tied to the characters as the Fantastic Car is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. I'm just it's saying. like having um, Scooby and the gang show without the, uh, the Scooby-Mobile, whatever it's called. The Mystery Machine, the, the Scooby-Mobile. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. The Mystery Mobile, whatever. The Mystery Machine, man. Come on now. That, that's the one. There you go. Oh, my gosh. This guy. All right. So <laughs> remember the Shield-Mobile for what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> because this is where... I think we're already off the rails, but it's really going off the rails right here. This is the scene where uh, the multiverse starts to branch out and then it just completely explodes and just goes crazy. Exactly, exactly. So we have the initiative and I like how there's no space for this card to like not have this right underneath it. It's like right up underneath it in big bold letters is unaffiliated. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It is a reactive tactics card. Strap in because there's a lot of words here. I think you don't need to carry on after the first sentence, though, really. The rest is just flavorful. The the rest is flavor, but the the first (laughs) sentence is an absolute bombshell. Okay. When you include this card in your squad, choose one non-shield-affiliated character in your squad. It is now shield affiliated character. It's so much. <laughs> yeah. So there's you get a token, it's called a gadget token. I am going to read what the gadget token does. So the non-shield affiliated character gains a gadget token. The character with the gadget token, there's three different options they can use. The first one is when this character is defending, it may discard the gadget token to re-roll one of its defense dice. So if you absolutely positively need to save someone, you use that. During this character's activation, it may discard the gadget token to remove one special condition from itself. I like that one a lot. During this character's activation, it may discard the gadget token to move one objective token it is holding from itself to an allied character within range one of itself or from an allied character to within range one of this character to this character, this card does not allow a character to hold more objective tokens than what the crisis allows. 
So now then, what does this mean? This basically means literally anyone in the game can play in shield. Yep. It's silly. It's so silly. <laughs> what 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 does that imply also is that in terms of how you, so anyone can play in shield. So like I we mentioned we mentioned Thanos earlier, you know, so so we're death decreeing people and shield affiliated stuff. Yeah, that sounds horrible. So we're also thinking, and I say horrible in the, I'm I want I want to see that because it sounds fun. Like it sounds horrible oh, if I'm like gross. <laughs> competitively if I'm sitting there at a table and someone's like, yeah, I'm playing Shield, and then they drop a Thanos with a space in mind. Like yeah, okay, like this is gonna be a tough match. <laughs> yep. It's it's so crazy. But it also means that when you're thinking about your tactics cards and how we've gone through these ten tactics cards now and how strong some of them are. It really creates a situation where you've got to really think about the tax cards you're bringing because you're going to be down a card automatically if you bring the initiative, which why wouldn't you bring the initiative? But you also have to think about that. And are you going to get enough value out of the character that you decide to give the initiative to to make up for the loss of a tax card? And I think that that's a valid question. Again, it depends on who you assign that to, but it gives you an insane amount of flexibility within the context of shield it is thematic flavorful i'm here for it but it's also possibly a bit concerning so aaron what what do you have for the concern level of this card um more concern level is absolutely through the roof for this card this card opens up so many stupid and ridiculous plays um Short of being banned, the only way I can see them fixing this is giving you a specific list of characters to choose from. Because at the minute, as you said, Thanos with any combination of gems is atrocious. You can score the Wakandan Herb turn one guaranteed with Thanos, um, which is bonkers. How is that? Explain, ex, ex, break that down for me. How can you score turn one with Thanos? So you take him in um, the Shield affiliated. You take him with, I think the mind and power stone, I think it is. And um, and what you do is you set him up opposite to the herb you're after. You uh, move once, move twice, pick up the herb. That's one power gone from your four available. Then you use, I think, it's, it, it's is it the mind stone to place him within two of his current positions? It's the space stone. The space stone, sorry. So that's the one you take. You use the space stone, place Thanos within two of his current position. And then you go, right, guys, I'm hopping in the shield mobile with your <laughs> remaining power. You move long and boom, you score in the herb turn one on a model that has eight health and reduces damage by one. Mm. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Hey, it's at that point, it's not the shield mobile anymore. It's the Thanos copter. It is. It's the Thanos copter <laughs> entirely. So anyone that's watched Loki and, and gets that reference, that is what this is. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, another one, you just... Who doesn't already benefit from bringing along Black Cat or Doctor Voodoo in the roster? They 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 get obscene. So Black Cat can now move, steal your objective, uh, <laughs> shield mobile away, move again, and then give it to one of her friends to hold. It's just, I, I, it, it's hard to even try and explain some of these plays just because of how ridiculous they are, yeah. and the fact that they're, they're now a thing. It, it's just crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, so I'm going to get your thoughts in just a second, John, but that last one you mentioned is the one where, so I've been hard in the camp of Black Cat's not broken, right? Like, like 
people in in the, the interwebs on the discords and all that place, you know, quote, black cat's broken, she needs to be fixed, et cetera, et cetera. I, that's fine. That's If you feel that way, I understand. Show me on this doll where black cat hurt you, okay? I get it. However, I don't think that she's broken. I think that combination, like you said, the shield mobile with all of that is broken. That is a broken combination. And maybe... There's so many. And there are so many. And maybe that means that shield mobile needs a little bit of a change more so than the character, but I could see an argument for changing the character and keeping the flavor that is the shield mobile. See, my my argument here is the fact that the problem is being able to just affiliate anyone. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you can show up to a game now, in essence, with Nick Fury as your leader, one rogue agent, and then whoever else you like, and if you've only got five characters, you're shield affiliated, and your opponent goes, what, how? You've only got one shield model, and you go, yeah, well, my leader, Nick Fury, shield affiliated, then uh, I've got this one model here who's a rogue agent who we're just going to say he's shield affiliated because that's how it works. And then on top of that, we're going to play the initiative to just make whoever else I like shield affiliated. Well, so it, I, I will I get the flavor. I will interrupt you for just a second, and I'm sorry to do that. The rogue agent won't get any of the other benefits of the tax cards, though. It, it won't, but uh, I, I get that this card is for flavor, but in that situation, you could essentially have... So, so what you could do, which I think is just crazy, you could bring Corvus and Proxima, Nick Fury and a rogue agent, and that rogue agent, for example, well, I think the only two rogue agents we currently have are shield affiliated anyway, but say we get another one. That's going to be such a weird-looking list, and it is in no way thematic to shield. Like, it's, it's using cards that are thematic in a sense to make something that is just not thematic it just lets you bring the best toys so it's going to be really weird to see that i think yeah and i agree with you there and john what do you see when you see this initiative and kind of like what aaron is discussing there do you see problems with that um i looked at it and thought it was great i thought the fact that, you know, Fury has managed to talk whoever it is he wants into helping S.H.I.E.L.D. out for this single mission is kind of cool. It's kind of thematic. I'm sure Fury's got some nonsense photographs of them doing whatever it is they were doing the <laughs> night before, which is why they're helping him out. Um, but if you look at it from an actual, I'm going to go to tournaments and I'm going to come across S.H.I.E.L.D., I think it, I don't think it's this card on its own. I think it's the combination... Yeah of this card along with some of the other shield cards and some of the inherent abilities of characters such as black cat or such as Dr. Voodoo that can cause some problems. I think the card in its in and of itself is okay. And I think it's very thematic and I think it's good. I just think there are certain combinations that when you look at them across the table are going to be difficult to play against are going to feel bad when things go off, like the Black Cat one, or Brother brother Voodoo switching sides on like a C-map with his shield mobile move and then going, well, now you're possessed on this side. And you're like, what? And I've still got two actions left to do other things. I think he's going to feel bad. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I like it in one sense, but I kind of need to see how it plays out and where it falls before I make a final decision on whether I think it's problematic or not. I can see it having problems, but I can also see people using it to just include their favorite character into yeah. build a roster and it being quite funky. 
Right. And and that's kind of where I land on it too. Look, the the competitive implications of this card are definitely eyebrow raising. Um, I don't want to I don't want to downplay that because it is a real concern for people that take this game very seriously and that's okay. Like those concerns are valid and it's just like with the black cat discussion, right? The Dr. Voodoo con- discussion. Those concerns are valid just because I might not feel the same way as someone else doesn't mean that they're wrong and it doesn't mean like I make light of it with with the joke and everything but like at the end of the day yeah you know it's it's strong it's a strong play and you know it it can lead to a negative experience and that's what you absolutely don't want if you're playing this game so it's eyebrow raising to see something that just says like yeah okay anyone's affiliated now and part of the the thing with this game in the overall is that you know, you have to play within those affiliation confines. So it's like, okay, if I bring Thanos in my criminal syndicate list, I know that I am I'm committing to his point value and it is hindering me in some other way. So I've got to get the most out of him that I can. And it'll be the same with the shield thing. However, because of the automatic affiliation, boom, they are shield affiliated now for the purposes of your squad like you said john it opens up the shield mobile it opens up the battlefield medicine you know it opens up the 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 med pack the the shield pack it opens up your defensive prototype you know these other little little things that stack on top of each other that create a little bit of a concern so i don't know what the answer is i do think that we have to see it before we can figure it out and does this mean that we're going to see a ton of herbs in people's lists when they're playing shield probably does it does it mean that it means probably does that mean inherently that that shield is too strong or that that's how shield keeps up with certain other affiliations that's a question i don't have an answer to right now that's a question that'll be answered over time but that's the kind of way that you have to look at this, I think, is all of this re- means that, okay, so if, like let's let's break it down for real. Like if we're making a roster right now with S.H.I.E.L.D., let's not worry about characters, but let's say, okay, we're bringing the initiative and we are bringing S.H.I.E.L.D. Mobile. That's two out of five. One of those we're not even going to get to use. We're probably bringing the S.H.I.E.L.D. pack, probably, but, you know, you can make that, you know, argument. So S.H.I.E.L.D. pack, we're probably bringing reposition, Based on the scenario, we're bringing reposition. And then that leaves you with one other card that you might want to use as a restricted card. Maybe you want better rivals. Maybe you want, and I said roster, I meant squad. Maybe you want brace for impact. Maybe you want field dressing there because you've added a a high threat character. So all of these things are what you have to take into consideration when you're discussing these things like we're sitting here we're having a good time and and like oh man this is just bonkers because it is it is bonkers but at the end of the day we got to look at it from a measured perspective and it's it's the opportunity cost to do all those bonkers things would you agree with that john yeah i'd agree with that i think there's a high cost to be able to get all of this off if it was to go go the way you wanted it to anyway um i do think amg have shook the tree and i do think we need to wait and see where it all falls um I do think that it's also probably uh, kind of like, oh, my God, this is nuts. What is going on? This is Mendel. Is because it's also the first time AMG have gone, here are 10 tactics cards (laughs) at once. 
almost for a single affiliation that are coming in a box. Whereas before we've seen tactics cards that have come out and we've all gone, Oh, well that could potentially be bad with that. But we're so used to the cards for that affiliation that came before that we can automatically kind of see a way around it. Or we automatically know how it may interact with things. Whereas this is 10 whole new tactics cards combined together seem like they make some sort of funky birthday cake for whoever's playing with them and the other person can't have a slice. Um, <laughs> and I guess we just kind of go, okay, let's just see what happens with it. Yeah. I mean, that's where I am too. Aaron, what about for you? Um, I think for me, unfortunately, the wider implications that this card has for the game's balance are are really quite concerning. So Marvel is unique to a lot of games in the sense that anyone can go with anyone. With the sort of caveat and the downside that when you splash in a character, you lose out on, you know, the, the bonus of being fully affiliated or the bonus of being able to use those affiliated cards. Now, however, not only do they have to consider when releasing a character how it interacts, just splashed into any affiliation, they have to consider how any character works as an affiliated member of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think that's going to create some design issues. And, I, and I'd imagine it's an absolute nightmare for some of the rules writers who are going, well, this hugely limits what we can do with any given character because we have to not only think about their balance within their own affiliation and their balance splashed into any, splashed into affiliations, we have to now think about their balance as a fully affiliated member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliation. And I think that's going to be a, a, a pretty crazy thing from that perspective to try and balance out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that 100%. And uh, that's one of those things that we will we will have to figure out. And, and we've seen yep. before that a tactics card limits the design space that AMG gets to explore in drop-off. So maybe down the line, this is another situation where that happens. But now I do want to pivot a little bit and get to our show questions because we are running a little long, but we had 10 tactics cards to cover and some craziness to discuss. So let's talk about some show questions from our discord server it's uh if you want to be a part of that you can go to patreon.com slash house party protocol and check out the patreon over there it's a dollar a month so 12 bucks a year support the show support the giveaways and stuff like that which we just finished up and we will be doing another one very soon so yeah we'll be doing doing some of that so you can check that out get access to our discord server and yeah we have questions over there so First up, we have Leland says, who would win in a fight, Multiple Man or all of Nick Fury's LMDs? I'm going to go with Multiple Man. I'm 100% going with Multiple Man. I don't see a limit to the amount of multiples he can make. His multiples are technically actual people and not cybernetically programmed so they can do weird things that they probably haven't seen coming. And he's a mutant, so multiple man all day long. All day long. Aaron? Yeah, I'm going to have to jump on the multiple man the multiple man bandwagon. Mate, say, there's no space. There's so many yeah. multiple men. <laughs> exactly. that, that, that's where my vote of uh, confidence goes, is backing up the multiple men. Love it. So then we got Rylan who says, other than Hulk, who's your honorary shield agent? And Hulk is a very good suggestion there. But uh, Aaron, for you, who's your honorary shield agent? So I think rather than competitively, I'm going to go thematically, and that has got to be Venom, just because you get to homebrew your own Agent Venom, basically now, for S.H.I.E.L.D., which is going to be pretty cool. And I think with all the out-of-action movement shenanigans, the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. mobile, 
the eye in the sky, having Venom just going, oh yeah, so many snacks in Shield is going to be definitely a cool thing to see. Absolutely. And uh, for you, John? I'm going to go with modern Hydra Stomper, aka Hulkbuster. Love it. I think there's some nice play with that in there. Yeah, Love that it. sounds fun. <laughs> hey, and that's assuming that he is not Shield affiliated already. Yep. I'm hoping he's not when you look at the list of already Shield affiliated characters and their cards. But I guess with the initiative, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> I suppose just to quickly go back to how they could possibly balance the Shield initiative is maybe that all they have are four or five affiliated characters, which are the ones we've already seen, for example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so many questions right now that will be answered on like March 13th, I think, when these guys release. Yeah, in due course. Exactly. So for me, it's just because I've I've had a just a raging one for this character for a minute now, and it's the strange supreme because I think being able to like shield mobile off the rip <laughs> with him because he starts with three power sounds yeah, bananas. That's crazy. <laughs> this sounds like utter banana It's a banana split because somebody's going to be split in half after that attacks over. I'm just saying. Yep. He's just going to move it to the middle of the board and go, cool. Now you're dead turn one. <laughs> it's like, exactly. what, what happened? Exactly. Like it's, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm super here for that. So next up, we've got the BF trick it says question. Which character will be taken in affiliation most often via the initiative tactics card? And, uh, you know, this very similar to what was asked before, but it's different enough to where I don't think we know yet. It just depends. I think that you'll see a lot of Thanos. I think you'll see a lot of Hulk. And then, you know, the fun ones that we mentioned will be, I think, just that fun. But it, it, I think we're going to have to wait and see. But in terms of the most number one, I mean, Aaron, do you have one character you think you will see the most as Shield affiliated with that card? I think it's got to be Black Cat. I think she'll just she'll be in every Shield roster affiliated because why wouldn't you take another long moving character that can steal objectives? Yeah, you know, yep. <laughs> everyone wants a long moving character just to run objectives, and this one comes with you know Master Cat Burglar or whatever it's called. Why wouldn't you, as the Shield player, put that into your possible arsenal? I mean. She, she's going to be in every Shield roster, I'd imagine. Yep. John, for you? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Aaron. Black Cat. Um, if I was going to go really random, I don't see lots of people taking it. But, you know, Crossbones has had a good MCU stint in Shield. Maybe somebody will decide thematically that makes perfect sense. They're going to double down on his aggressive and his short move on daisies. I mean, Crossbones is no longer slow. Crossbones pulls up in the shield mobile and goes, ha, ah, I'm here to slay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think thematically it's nice, but I do think it's going to be Black Cat. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Black Cat and I think Hulk are kind of the two big yeah. ones. Black Cat, Hulk, and Thanos, I think, are the three you'll just see in most shield rosters. If, if this works the way we assume it's going to work. Yeah. And then we got Rylan again. Where do you think Nick Fury, with his cards, is going to see the most play outside of Shield? For me, it's in humans because of what I mentioned earlier. Um, maybe, maybe Brotherhood, just because they're really strong at the minute. But the the problem is you've got to weigh up all their other strong four threats. Um, I'm not really sure where Nick fits in. I don't think he sees a lot of play outside his own affiliation. I mean. In his own affiliation, he's just channeling so much big Nick energy. Why would you put him anywhere else? Right. I, I think that that's 
Definitely, and I think you'll you'll see him for the cheeky stuff outside of affiliation. Yep. But overall, I think it's it's mainly he's going to be affiliated. But that's until somebody figures out some jank with his uh, agents. Yeah, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head the the the, the bonkers teams you can have where at the start you've got the option to play as different affiliations. Exactly, which I think is fine. So the uh, the next question we hear is from Shadow Marvel. When they release the grunt rules finally. How many answers on this podcast are going to be instantly invalidated when we're shocked by what the rules actually are? And then, of course, Nagoldar over there comments with, yeah, please, somebody keep track. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say all of them. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just look, all going to be wrong. <laughs> the, the biggest caveat of everything I've said is that we don't know the full rules yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to go back to. Everything we've said, and even when we're like, I don't like it, it seems harsh. We've always commented that with, but well, we haven't seen the full rules, so I guess we'll have to wait. So technically, none of them will be invalidated. Indeed. Because once we see the full rules, we can make a legitimate opinion and go, I don't know what any of you lot were talking about. Yep, and they're, they're all valid within the context of we don't know what's going on anyway. Exactly. Which is how I live my life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got Schultz. He says... What other tactics cards would you like to see get the faction-specific basic card but better treatment? And, John, I'll start with you on this one. Um, I mean, I would love to see X-Men get some of these basic cards but better, um, but that's purely selfish. However, I do think there are some affiliations that could potentially do with a little bit of tactics card help. So I think if you're looking, I think Defenders could potentially do with some basic tactics cards but slightly better because i think they've taken a bit of a a bit of a downturn based on some of the recent realignments of cards and characters fair um i think asgard could do with something not because they don't have good characters or good cards i think rainbow bridge is great odin's blessing is there sibling rivalry is solid but because their characters are so expensive I think giving them some slightly modded Asgardian versions of some other cards would be cool. And, you know, if we've got Nick Fury able to heal three and remove a special condition, why can my Asgardian gods only remove three damage? And I know their leadership is to remove a condition, but why are they not getting something else on top of their magical godlike healing? Um, I think it would be cool thematically. Cool. Cool. Aaron, what about for you? I mean, what I'd really like to see, I think it would be really cool, would be a souped-up version of Sacrifice. But instead of being called Sacrifice, it's called With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility. And it's a, a Web Warrior-specific card where you don't have the punishment of not being able to reroll or modify your defense dice when you jump in the way of an attack for someone. I think that'd be really cool. I'd love oh. that. Probably be really strong as well, which is always good. <laughs> if you play Great Power and Great Sacrifice, surely Peter Parker is the only character left the, on the board. This is true. Everybody else has to die. This is true. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to kill Aunt May to play, I suppose. Mate, but what about them wheat cakes? <laughs> I know. Well, I don't, there's so many possibilities. <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I think to echo what John said, defenders and Asgard could really do with some uh, some tactics card love, and um, it, they definitely need something. And hopefully, yeah. we'll be getting that soon. So for me, it's more about it's less about the affiliations that need some love, and more about some cards that I would love to see get tuned up just enough to be interesting. One yep. of those I would love to see Battle Lust get a little love. Shout out to my friend David Kirby out there in the ether. I'd love to see Battle Lust like do something because 
Battle Us is an interesting card, and like when done right, it's very powerful. You know, paying power equal to your size though is a little tough. But if you're able to like battle lust with a juggernaut, it's pretty spicy. So that's yeah. A- battle Us with juggernaut was just going to size one that we've already been uh, experiencing yeah. a little bit in our local scene. It's a bit mental. Yeah, but it would it would be cool if um we got something like a souped up version where in defenders right. Hulk gets to use a battle lust for one power or something absolutely oh bonkers. <laughs> that'd be absolutely crazy like world breaker hulk or something be mental that'd be fun that'd be fun so what about disarm but not only do they lose a power they gain a con- or they lose the dice they also gain a condition i think it'd be cool but you have to be really careful with which condition they're able to gain because oh. i mean if, was, if you're giving them hex, you're just turning that character off for the turn, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be careful. I'm not saying I'm not saying just you know give them the best condition in the game. I'm saying just just yep. a condition, you know, just a condition. I don't know, yeah, you know, definitely. Some, but maybe that's, slow. Yeah, maybe slow. Yeah, there you go. Something like that says the Web Warriors player that wants to tune that up with all webbed up. I love it. Whoa! I, I definitely only realized what I'd said after I said it and how much <laughs> how powerful that'd be for I mean, me. You know, I just... maybe, maybe not slow. Maybe stun or something. Because we <laughs> oh, don't stun's see even stun. worse. Oh god, what 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 condition is there that isn't very good? <laughs> it's poison. It's definitely poison. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just poison them. Just poison them. So anyway, just that, uh, that's that's that card up by adding poison, or have we just left the card as it is. Yeah, because <laughs> for this round they lose two attack dots and gain poison. So by the time poison would work, it's already gone. <laughs> exactly. So it's not too bad. But it, I don't know. Look, I'm just saying something. If, if, if that one would be one that I think is like reasonably that they could adjust in some kind of a way. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the idea is cool. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Look, what is it in Asgard? You know the cells that they lock them in. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of technology is a souped-up version of this arm, where you basically go, "Here, yeah, Asgard says no today. You're under arrest." <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. So, with that, fellas, I think we're gonna put a button on this show, a button, a buckle, a zipper. I don't know, but we're gonna close it up. Either way, we're gonna put it in Asgardian jail. So, Indeed. So, uh, Aaron, where can people find you? So people can find me over on uh, Facebook under Web Warrior Protocols. You can find me over on my site at webwarriorprotocols.com. I've not been able to post a lot lately due to lots of different commitments, which is, you know, college, playing rugby, uh, play, getting games at MCP. Um, you can also find me over on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm under Web Warrior Protocols on there as well. And then on some other social media, I'm the 14th Legion. You can also find me in the best Discord, which is, of course, the House Party Protocols. Yeah. Um, and if you're not part of that one, you can find us over on my and Rich Mid Gaming's Discord, which is the Savage Lands, which is also... Um, another Discord. That one's free to join if you want to come and talk some MCP. Love it. John, uh, where can people find you, or are you just lurking in the shadows for to not be found? I'm still kind of lurking in the shadows, um, but the best place to find me is the chillest Discord in the entire interwebs, and maybe the entire webverse, and that is clearly House Party Protocols. I am on there. I'm reachable on there. I post something maybe once a week, just so people know I haven't died. Um, so that is easily the best place to find me there you go yeah and hey I appreciate the kind words that's the kind of community that I I really love that we have over there is that it's it's really chill you know we have a good time we chit chat you know every once in a while we'll get in there with some hot takes and you know we'll just kick off a fun little thread so it's it's really a good time and again if you're interested in joining that you can check out our Patreon uh, like I mentioned before patreon.com slash house party protocol and 
It'll get you access to our Discord, some uh, bonus entries for our giveaways, stuff like that, which we just finished one. Uh, congratulations again to Vuk. He won that, and uh, I think we're going to do another one. we got this Grunt Wave coming out, if you will. It's just two boxes. You've got the Nick Fury box and the Shadowland Daredevil and Electra box. So yeah. I think we're going to do a giveaway just, for that. Just quickly, whilst we're on about your Discord as well, Will, um, we've you've started a book club type thing haven't you recently correct yeah so I'll, I'll, i'm gonna jump on that i uh, subscribed to marvel unlimited last night so i'm definitely interested in joining in on that as well yeah so we have a comic book reading club if you will and basically i to kick it off put in four suggestions of books we voted on it and we are reading the jeff lemire moon knight comic book run it's only like 14 issues long and we're coming up now we have a new month and we're going to be starting a new reading discussion. And my suggestions are God Country and then Doctor Strange, The Last Days of Magic, which is so good. And we're going to, we've got already a discussion going for what the next one's going to be. But if you would like to be part of that discussion, that's part of our Discord thing. And I will be live streaming with the Discord community a little bit here on Saturday. And we're going to just talk about that book, The Moon Knight book that we we're talking about and I'm really excited to do that and you know in terms of this discussion and how everything's going to go if you're interested in that and like Aaron said joining up with Marvel Unlimited is a great way also comiXology is a great way as well and the idea is that we're always going to have at least two Marvel books that way if you're a part of the Marvel Unlimited community you can get those books for free on well as part of your subscription on Marvel Unlimited and then also yeah, but it's just it's just a fun way to kind of have some community within within the community. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and you right. pick some solid books to start with. Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight run is an absolute oh, it's stonker. So good. Yeah. Uh, the strange the strange run is great, and God Country is one I picked up when it first came out from the start, and it is such a good read that it's well worth getting into. Absolutely, and and the nice thing about these is they're they're pretty re they're relatively short in terms of the context, so it's not too much of a, a commitment there uh, for everyone. So again, if you're interested in that, check that out. You can also send me messages on Facebook, where you know I'm pretty quick to respond over there. It might take me a little bit as you know, like when I'm on vacation, but in general, I'm pretty quick to respond. So send us messages over there, comment on all of our posts. I love really interacting with everyone and and just talking to the community out there, talking about all this fun stuff. And you can send us uh, emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com if you want to reach me that way. Other than that, I'm on all the discords at HPP underscore Will. And if you're really interested in seeing how I play Crisis Protocol, you can check out twitch.tv slash DarthBalls05. And that's balls with a Z because, you know, we make these names when we're kids and we just never delete them. <laughs> so there you go. Right. There you go. But with that... Party on, Aaron. Party on, Will. Party on, John. Party on, Will. And power down suits. <laughs>